Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of In No Hurry. I am your host, Cole Douglas Claiborne. So happy to be back with you guys this week for another episode. We are continuing our series on marriage this month, and I'm so excited to be joined by my parents, Doug and Christy Claiborne. To give you just a little bit of a backstory, my biological mom and dad divorced when I was in about fourth grade, and then my dad remarried to Christy, and when I was 14, my mother passed away. And so there were a lot of things that went on in between my dad and Christy getting married and my mother passing away, and there was just a lot of heartache kind of on on each side of it. And it's nothing new that I didn't know that I wasn't aware of. And this conversation, we kind of talk a little bit about that. But what I really wanted my parents to talk about was how they navigated that first part of their marriage and how they've been able to sustain such a godly Christ-centered marriage for over 20 years. We get kind of into some of the stuff that happened early on in their marriage that uh, my mom basically did not make it very easy for them. And I love my mom. I will always love my mom. But it was a very hard time. And Christy came into the marriage with three kids in our family who were all at different ages. And she was never married before my dad, didn't have any kids of her own. And so she was walking into not only a marriage for the first time, but also being a parent of three kids. One was 10, which was me. And then my sister was 14 and my brother was 18. So a lot of different phases of life that she was dealing with, with three kids, never having been a parent before, never having been married before, trying to navigate all of that was not easy. And on top of that, with the extra stress going on with the stuff with my mother did not make it even easier. So we kind of get into that, but what I really wanted to talk about was how they've remained faithful in Jesus throughout their entire marriage. And it's a marriage that I have always looked up to. I've always looked up to my father as a man, as a husband, and just as a Christian leader in the house. And so I think a lot of my tendencies, at least I would hope, are modeled after him. And I just, I'm so glad to be able to talk to them and share this conversation about marriage and, and how they have navigated it and how their approach to their faith has affected their marriage. So very honored to have my parents on here. I think you guys will really enjoy hearing from them. Here are my parents, Doug and Christy Claiborne. Well, I'm excited to be joined by my parents, Doug and Christy Claiborne, back again with my wife, Emily. Dad, Christy, how are you guys doing? Great. Great. Thanks. Welcome to the show. This is your first time on here. Um, you know, whenever I started the show, I wasn't sure what the show would end up being like. And here we are talking about marriage with my parents. So I'm excited to do this and talk to you guys and learn from you guys about marriage as well. But uh, we are talking currently on Valentine's Day weekend. Do you guys have any fun Valentine's Day plans? <laughs> or is this something that you guys really even celebrate now? You guys have been married for 20 years, so. Yeah, it's not, it's just another day. It's not a big deal, but we did start a tradition. Uh, Dad loves spaghetti. I could have it once a year. He could have it once a week. So we compromised and on the 13th of every month, he gets spaghetti. So. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> so that is gonna be our At least it's not pizza. Dinner. And uh, I'm going to get out the wedding china and have some wine and, and that'll be our Valentine's. So. That's cool. That's sweet. I yeah. love that. That's a nice little tradition. What's the, what's the, uh, whenever you guys were early on in your relationship was Valentine's day, like a, I feel like was your, was your, was Valentine's day, not like one of your first dates that you guys went on or am I mistaken that I can't remember. I thought there was some no. significance to that. It was a key date. 
the, our first Valentine's Day together, we went back to the restaurant where we had our first date. That's and, what, okay, I knew there was something, okay. And dad had hired a singing quartet to come to the restaurant and sing to me. <laughs> How did you feel about that at the time? Oh, it was wonderful. It was just so sweet, but we were still in that ooey gooey stage and, you know, <laughs> now I would be mortified, but. I didn't know you were like, such a How much did this yet? cost? That's hysterical. What do they sing? What did the quartet sing? I don't even know. Uh, it was a like a barbershop quartet, so I think they did like Sweet Adeline or Probably. something, you know, corny. <laughs> and it told the whole restaurant, everybody stopped what they were doing and turned around and watched. So that was kind of yeah. not what I anticipated, but it was just to make the evening special for her. And, and it did. Because this is kind of the interesting thing is that she's not a big flower person. So... I thought, what can I do? She doesn't want flowers, but you can't not do flowers because every woman wants flowers. But she's she's got a theory on that, right? <laughs> she posted on Facebook. Yeah, she said that it's uh, she likes the the flowers in nature more than flowers yes. in a vase. Emily is the Any opposite. Any flowers <laughs> that you want to get, Christy, I'm here for them. Yeah, Emily loves flowers. <laughs> I love flowers every day of the week. So she, she I think before Wait, I don't we get them every day of the week, but before you know. we got married, she said something like, or I think before we moved into this house, she was like. I hope you're okay with me constantly wanting flowers in the house. Like, I hope you're okay with me wanting to spend money on flowers being in house. And I was like, look, if that, if that's what brings you happiness, then we can get yeah. some flowers for the house. So I went out today and got her some flowers and I wasn't think, expecting that yeah, either. You yeah. haven't got me flowers for Valentine's day in a few years. Uh, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I got the, I got some last year for you from the place here in town the um yeah the, with the true. soap and but whatever not like, else it's not like an every year thing okay and i got flowers for her birthday as well so i had them sent to your work this year mm -hmm. i was extra special oh, got them sent to her work that is so. nice but so you guys have been married for 20 years and, and obviously dad like as a as a man i feel like i have tried to model myself as a husband after the example that i've watched you put forth as a father and a husband. I'm not a father yet, but I hope one day I will be, and it'll be kind of the same thing. But um, one thing, like I just, before we even get started, like one thing that I've admired about you, dad, is is how consistent of a person you've been. And I've talked to Emily about that before. Just like, I've never had to, I've never had to worry or wonder about your character, your faith, like your devotion to Christy, your devotion to us as kids. And I think just as a husband and a father, like that's something that like I, I aspire to. It's very admirable. And I think like, I don't know that you get told that enough, but we'll take this opportunity here on this, <laughs> this podcast to say it. Cause I mean, I, I really like, like I, I see a lot of you and me as a man, but also as a husband. And I know that like a lot of my tendencies and quirks also come from you, which is good and bad. But um, like, even now I'm in my thirties and I'm picking up golf. I feel like I'm just on the steady, steady slope to becoming even more like dad. You do have a bit more hair. Well, so yeah. there's slight of difference yeah. there. When you were, when you were Cole's age, did you have as much hair as he does? No. no. Okay. So, so there's, very there's, thin, there's some hope. Very thin. And it was thinning as the days went by in my thirties. I mean, by mid thirties, it was like, this is, there's nothing much there. Might as well get rid yeah. of it. I'm grateful for being like dad in a lot of ways. The hair part is one way that I'm grateful that I'm not like dad. But you guys do look a lot alike, I think. <laughs> we do, yeah. I just have better hair because, you know, I have more of it. So, and Josh, uh, Josh has uh, gone closer to the dad route. He's just kind of buzzed his head. So he's starting to look more and more like dad too. But, yeah. but it just, I mean, when you, when you guys kind of, like, obviously your guys' marriage is, is unique. And we were talking obviously before we recorded just about the different, 
ups and downs and trials that you guys have gone through. But um, when you think back, this is just a very general que- you know, statement, but like your or question, I guess, you know, your faith has guided you guys through every different season of your marriage. And, and I think when we're talking about consistency, that's one thing that I think has been consistent for both of you guys. And I've always admired your example as a married couple. And even just like, you guys have never wavered in, in the church you go to. You've never wavered really in your commitment to the church, even though there's been changes to the church. And I think like in a lot of ways, you know, like there's a lot of things that I admire just about your guys' devotion to each other and the devotion to the things that you guys care about. And I think your faith is at the center of that. And how much has, how much has, has, the, has your guys' faith shaped who you guys are as a couple, but also how has your faith in God grown since you guys at the beginning, I guess the beginning of your marriage to now, because I feel like you guys have just grown and grown and grown. And, you know, I think for all of us, we want to progress in our faith, but I feel like I've definitely seen that from you guys. And when you think about your marriage from start to where it is now, how much has your faith meant and how much have you guys grown in that? I think this, I'll give the short answer uh, <laughs> is that we had so many inconsistencies in our marriage from the very beginning. Um, but the, the main constant and the thing that has remained consistent is our faith in God and our hope that he will turn all things around to good, to glorify him. Um, and sometimes that's all we could cling to. Um, so it's, I would say it's been not just the, um, our church, but our church community. I feel like it's huge to be surrounded by people who know you and love you and don't judge you and um and will pray for you and and we've had that through it it maybe is not the same couples the last 20 years but um I feel like we've had people in our lives that have gotten us through some pretty tough times that's very encouraging yeah yeah that's true I think I like to think that because it's second marriage for me and you know, the circumstances of coming into a house with kids already there uh, and a lot of other extraneous things that would play into a marriage to make it challenging. It's thankful that we had a a Christian counselor that we both loved and adored Mm -hmm. who was there uh, many, many, many sessions (laughs) uh, to understand and point us in the right direction. through a lot of that and it constantly was based on keep your focus on jesus keep your focus on god's commands and i'll be honest and say i was in my 40s at that time and felt like i had answers to life and when i was asked point blank by the counselor who's number one in your life and i said her there's no question and she kind of looked at me and said, no, it's, it, it's God and it should be God and you need to make it God. And I, I mean, how do you get to be that age and not understand that? Because I felt like your marriage, your relationship has to be number one, but understanding that on the basic level, that has to be first, then everything else will fall into place. And it's interesting because at, at church now, our small group is studying a book called Seek First seek first his kingdom and everything else will fall into place. And it's just a very good reminder that we need periodically. But that to me was the most impactful uh, part of us getting through a lot of uh, downs uh, 
you know, we had ups and downs, but the down part was, was because of that. And I think you just have to digest it and, and live it. Yeah. No, I think that's so wise because you guys know, I obviously have a big heart for counseling. It's my profession, but I think that's so encouraging to hear. And I think more married people, no matter where they are in their marriage, need to hear that. And to be told that seeking marriage counseling is not the, not the end all be all, you know, like it's not a negative also. It's right. Exactly. Like it's not the, it doesn't mean that you're going to get divorced. It doesn't mean that you want to be divorced. I mean, it might in some cases, but I think that a lot of people kind of still, still unfortunately see that as a taboo um, and don't necessarily talk about that. And I think, especially in the Christian community, unfortunately we see like, Oh, if we, if we put God first, if we put God first in our marriage, we don't need to seek counseling Yeah. when, you know, we need wise counsel from people who know how to speak wisdom into our lives in addition to scripture and God's word. And I I just think that's something that more people need to know and need to see that, you know, we need to humble ourselves and to do that. And maybe it's just for a season, maybe it's for a long time, you know, like to continue to check back in with one another, because it's very easy to, to get lost in that relationship without allowing someone else to to step in and kind of shift your perspective a little bit. Yeah. I think one thing that, I think a lot of people think that if you go to counseling, whether that's individually or as a couple, it means because you got something wrong, but you've met, you said this before, like, you know, people go to therapy for different reasons, even whenever they're healthy, like you still go to the gym to continue working out, even if you're in shape. And just because you have a, a strong marriage doesn't mean you can't also benefit from counseling. And I've heard uh, just, you know, in the, the last year and a half or so, since I've started doing this podcast and kind of being around more, um, influential Christians. I've heard their stories. Like I was listening to an NFL player talk about how he and his wife, like there's, they, they go to, like, they've got a great marriage, but they still go to counseling and they really value that because it, it, even, even whenever you think that you're living a great marriage, there's still things that I guess you can benefit from counseling. And it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with it. So I think even the fact that like, obviously you guys had inconsistency at the beginning that you were talking about, and there are reasons for going to counseling and that kind of stuff. But just in terms of like speaking truth to going to counseling, if anybody's listening to this, it just, you guys may have a great marriage. You can still benefit from it. And I know Emily has even asked me like, would you be open to going? And I think some people just think that if they mentioned that it, it signifies that their marriage is on the rocks and that's just not always true. So I have, I have a funny story when my, I was very close to my grandparents on my dad's side. And when they were in their seventies, my grandmother bought this book called men are from Mars and women are from Venus. It was, came out in 92, but it's been re-released several times. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh my goodness, like she is at that stage of her life and still wanting to, to better their relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, and my grandfather, God love him, who was just, you know, he's like, well, what, what are we going to do with that? You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, we've been married at that point, probably 60 something years, but I just thought that's just stuck with me that it's never it's never too late to, to make it better. Yeah, it's never yeah. a given. I think one other thing that, I, that makes me think about when I'm t- talking about that counseling as it relates to relationships, because people fall into habits or they, 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 they get into a relationship norm. And I, I have to say that probably a lot of the relationships I had, including first marriage, was very codependent. Mm-hmm. And so 
there's an easy way to fall into that and think that's okay. This person needs me. That's why we married. They need me. I'm going to have to help them. And if I get into a situation where I need them, they're helping me. And it wasn't until this graphic, the same counselor said, if, if somebody's codependent, they're going to lean on somebody and they're going to collapse. If you're both pointed toward Christ, it's like a, it's like a triangle and you will support Christ will support both of you. And it's like, Oh, I get it. Mm-hmm. That was, yeah. that, that was the, the need. I, I need to see things visually sometimes. So that was helpful to me. Yeah. I love that. Well, and you were talking about how it wasn't until your forties when you realized that, but dad, I don't know if you remember that, but that was pretty close to the time that I really started dating. I mean, not like, I think, I don't know how old I was then, but I was getting into where like, I was, I was noticing girls and was starting to like girls and, I just had never, you know, had a, a serious relationship, but I remember you having that exact talk with me because very early on in my dating life, I was very codependent on who I was dating. And I was, I was value, I was basing my self-worth, my happiness, everything off of what the person that I was dating thought of me. And I remember just being so wrecked when breakups hap- happened because I was so, I was, I knew that I needed to maybe not so much whenever I was, you know, like an early teenager, but even when, like when I got into like my late, later teen years and early twenties, some of those relationships that didn't work out, I knew that they needed to be focused on God. And I thought they were, but they weren't, they were still very much codependent. At least I was depending on them for my happiness. And I remember you sitting me down and saying, any relationship you have needs to be focused on God at the very form the forefront. And that is always, I mean, that's like one of the most valuable things that you ever taught me. So I don't know if you remember that talk or no. having those talks, but I also, I also, <laughs> I also really remember this one too. And this is something that I will probably tell my kids. Um, I, I remember this very vividly. I was in the bonus room of our house when we lived in Green River States and I was uh, type, texting or typing to a girl on AIM oh, yeah. that I, and I said, I love you. And Kelly saw it and was like, Cole, you need to be very serious if you're going to say that word. And I just thought I love you was this equal of saying I like you. I didn't know what it meant. And dad overheard and came in there and sat me down and explained to me like how you don't just throw the word love around. Like that's something that's very like you need, like he basically was like, this is what it means to love somebody. And that has also really stuck with me. And so I think a lot of my approach to dating and marriage as well has been shaped by even if you didn't learn it until your forties, some of those things that you learned in your forties, maybe you, maybe you didn't learn. I don't want to say you didn't learn to your forties, but you were like, I didn't realize that my relationship wasn't supposed to be focused mostly on my wife, you know? And I feel like whenever you learned that it was like fresh on your mind and you were teaching that to me. And so, I don't know, I'm very grateful for that because that shaped, you know, the type of people that I wanted to date. So I don't know, that's throwing that out there. So, um, but you guys, okay. So, your marriage started off, I guess it was early 2000s. Um, what do you, what are some funny things that you can think of, of like just cultural things that you guys were into early on in your marriage or relationship that are just like so cringy when you look back on it now? Cause I can think of like some things from like six, five or six years ago. I don't know. Just like I'm thinking the early 2000s were like just such an interesting time. So like I look back at our old pictures and like our styles and like dad had a mustache and all sorts of stuff. I don't know. What are some funny things that you guys think back to the beginning of your relationship to now that are like, you just were like, man, I can't believe I did that. Like when I look back at my highlights in high school and I'm like, man, I can't believe I did, had those highlights. What are some stuff like that with your relationship? Well, I always liked those highlights. Um, 
I don't know. I uh, I don't know. We weren't prepared to answer this one. <laughs> don't you loop? Yeah. Think of anything? Uh, I think we were focused on. We were just focused on trying to get by day to day. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. we really don't remember. I, mean, I don't. I, I yeah. I think it's. We we should also talk about how the cornerstone of your marriage has also been your cats. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. A woman whose license plate is says cat lover yes. says a lot. Yes, we've yeah. always had cats. When we met, I had cats. Um, shortly after, we obtained custody of your cat. And then we got a cat for our family. So we had his, hers, and ours. I think we had and then six. shortly after that, my mother died and she had two cats. So we inherited them. And Tug was like, are there any relatives anywhere else where we might have to be taking care <laughs> of a cat? And we're like, no, six is the limit. <laughs> yeah, you're like, um, I'm going to I'm going to get married and I'm going to have some some kids, you know, with. And so you, you acquire not only Doug's children, but also multiple cats. Yeah. So you guys yeah. had a pretty full house. <laughs> I do miss <laughs> having all those cats, though. That was so much fun. And I, I so <laughs> Emily could tell you there's this cat in our neighborhood this, this is a central part of our marriage as well i mean so okay so across the street i don't know whose cat oh i don't know who owns this cat if anybody but there's a vacant house across the street and every day when i come home the cat is just sitting in the yard and a woman drives by and feeds it every day but at night i have no idea where this cat goes and last night it was like one o'clock in the morning 25 degrees out and i saw this cat outside and i saw it run across by our house under this car over here and I was just so, I was like, oh my gosh, this cat is just out in the cold. Like I literally prayed. I was like, God, please bring this cat to my porch so I can let it in the house. And so I, my, my heart for cats has been also uh, formed, I think, by those early years as a teenager yeah. when we had six cats. So we have two of our own, but I would gladly welcome this other we, cat. We will not have six cats. We will not have six, but I would gladly take in a third one because I love, I, I just, I feel so, I'm like, there's no way this cat can survive in this cold, but I guess it does because it's always back out in its spot across the street every day. So I don't know, but all right. So kind of going back to the beginning of your guys's marriage then, I mean, we kind of talked a little bit about how, I guess before we were recording, just, you know, it, it was difficult at first and, you know, dad, for those listening, my dad and my mom divorced in the late nineties and uh, Christy and dad met shortly after. And then Christy, you came into a situation with, three kids. One was 18, one was 14, and I was 10. And it was just, it was not the easiest situation to go into. Um, and I mean, I just, we talked kind of before, but that difficult part of your, of your marriage, how, how, how did you guys rely on each other, but also your faith in God to get through that? And just as you look back on that time period now in your marriage, what are, what are just some thoughts that come to mind in terms of how that shaped who you guys are as a couple? Well, when we look back on that time, which we've done the last couple of days, it's, I mean, really, when you go through such trauma, um, it's difficult to go back and rethink that. Um, and even though you've worked through it through counseling, um, you still kind of just want to put it away. So it's been a little difficult the last couple of days just to, to sort through some of those things for both of us. But um, I will say at the time, it just seems like a difficult time in any marriage, it seems like it's never going to go away. And I've talked to friends who've had colicky babies for a year and they think, oh my God, that's the longest 10 years of my life, even though it was just one year. 
And you think that at the time. And when the kids are teenagers, you think that. But now looking back, it's like such a, a just a, a blimp, you know, and we, and we know people that are having difficulties in their marriage now. And we just think it's going to get better so soon, so soon. I mean, it might be five years, but in the whole scheme of things, it's 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 nothing, you know, and, and it's worth it. Um, but like I said, we didn't we didn't have a lot of consistency because when we started dating, um, he didn't have custody of his kids. So we, you know, he bought a house thinking it would be us and the kids on the weekends. And two weeks after he closed, that changed and, and he had the kids full time. And um, so we had some discussions and uh, he kind of jokes, my parents sat me down and some friends sat me down and we're like, OK, now's the time if you want out. This is the time, you, you know, you get, you have an out here yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, but there wasn't really an option. You know, we just thought we committed to being together and we wanted to, uh, to stay together. And, and from the get go, you know, we, we went to church as we were dating and that was huge. I mean, we went weekly and I think you even went with us before we were yeah. married. And that's when I started going to Crossroads. Yeah. 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 Um, probably early 2000s, late yeah, 90s, like fifth, like fifth grade, sixth grade. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'll let Doug, Doug answer that as well, but, um, but we did just, talk about that, uh, and, and try to compare notes because it is tough as it is to rehash troubled time, tough times. It is helpful in the long run. It helps give you good perspective on what was our vision at that time compared to now. And how did we navigate through that? But, you know, a good thing to remember that, that we kind of came to the conclusion. It's like we were totally different places when that happened. You know, I, I can honestly say I felt joyful that I am going to have because the, the most crushing part of divorce back then was a male went into divorce thinking I'm going alone and I'll get to see my kids on weekends, maybe. You know, yeah. if you had the solace of my kids are under my roof and then on occasion they'll have to go to someone else, that's palatable. But if you're going into it saying, I'm now out here and my kids are living every day of their life over here and occasionally I get to see them. All of a sudden, now my kids are going to be under my roof. I felt like joyful. On the other hand, for somebody who went into it thinking, I'm marrying this person who happens to have kids that we'll see occasionally. Yeah. That was a, like she said, it, it, parents are like, that's a deal breaker. If you want out, you can get out now. And, and not just them, but it would be a realization that this is not what I signed up for. And it's no reflection on kids because you guys are great. It's a reflection on this changes the whole dynamic. It's the circumstance. Yeah. And so yeah. one person is joyful and the other one's like, oh, no, it it presents a problem. And you got to work through that and say, how is that? How are we going to do this? And so, yeah, that, that was a hurdle, but mm -hmm. thankfully she didn't run and didn't uh, choose the other option. And, and we worked through that. Uh, and again, it, it isn't because you know, if we'd had troubled kids or kids with med medical problems or all kinds of different things, it would have been an, action, an additional hurdle. So, mm -hmm. And yeah. I would say I was 33 when we got married. So prior to that, you know, we were very different people. Doug married very young. He was married 24 years, was divorced a year, and then we were married. 
where my experience was, I was out on my own at 18. I owned my own home. I had a successful career. I was a go-getter. I answered to me. I served no one but me and Jesus, but not, you know, not always the right order. And so I was sort of a fixer because I'd always had to be that for myself, uh, very resourceful uh, to a fault. And that's kind of where pride comes in. But so when we did marry, it was like, oh, well, this is a project. You know, this is going to be so good. We're all going to be under the same house. And, you know, Doug thought this is going to be the family that, that I think it needs to be. And I think both of us were not relying on the wisdom from God at that time. Like, what does this really mean? We were just relying on our own. This is how I think this family and marriage should be. And this is how I think this family and marriage should be. And we just tried to, to stumble through that. Um, but again, that's when counseling came into to play. Huge, yeah. huge. Yeah. yeah. And Christy, I, I, I've texted this to you earlier this week, and I've told you, I think this before, but like, I, you know, as I was younger and growing up, I mean, you know, like I think any teenage kid, especially like for me, whenever I was the only kid in the house, I went through the natural resentment toward their parents that I think any teenager feels. And I know that I definitely felt, felt that toward you guys for a while when I was in high school, because I was the only kid there. And I think when I went to college, really, whenever I went away to college was finally, like I started growing up and when I was away on my own, I realized that even though dad and, and you guys were hard on me, like it was I realized that that was who I was. I was, I was the person that I wanted to be because of how I was raised. And basically what I'm getting at is like, I don't feel like, like we, we've given you quite enough credit for the, the hard situation that you, that you were in. I mean, I, I don't know how I would react if I was 33 walking into a no, family with say, I don't teenage want to interrupt kids. You, but I mean, like, I, I'm glad that you said that Christy, because I think a lot of people, you know, it's easy to make assumptions once we enter a certain time of, you know, age, like most people, eh, most, I would say in their thirties probably have kids, you know, like that's just kind of the age where people do. And so it's like, you mentioned, you know, this was your first marriage. You did not come into it with children of your own. So not only were you becoming a wife for the first time, but you were becoming a parent and not only a parent to children that you know, were still Young developing and, yeah. and impressionable. Exactly. But I kind of was, I was 10, but yeah. mostly parented. So that's super intimidating <laughs> to go into. And, you know, now that we're approaching that age that you were when you got married, it's like, I can't imagine that being my oh, yeah. reality. And so, I mean, of course that adds difficulty to the circumstances. And of course that's going to be difficult to enter into, especially when you're coming from two different places, circumstantially, like, you know, being divorced and then entering in your first marriage and then logistically with everything, that's a lot of things to have to uh, discuss and a lot of things to have to communicate about. And then it's not just the two of you guys, there's also three kids. So I think, I mean, I think, and you know, this is the reality for so many people now, you know, like divorce is not unheard of um, remarriage is not unheard of. And then of course that typically does bring about children. Most people, when they do get divorced and remarried one or both has children. And so I feel like, you know, I feel like this is a very important opportunity for people to hear, you know, okay, this is, this is more of a norm in terms of, you know, marriages now, and then to be able to hear how your faith how you've navigated these circumstances, even when it was really hard 
Cause I know we've talked a lot about like, Oh, marriage isn't hard, but these circumstances are really hard. Yeah. And I know you probably weren't like, you know, this is what I really want to marry a man who has three teenage yeah. children. Like this it's is, not exactly this the is dream. what I'm yeah. going to ask God for. Yeah. And I'm going to, I really want it to be as difficult as possible to acclimate to this marriage. Right. So, and you're like, yes, thank you for answering that prayer. But, yeah. but, but yeah, so you, you guys have navigated it. And I mean, obviously you're, you're still married and there's, there's still things that, that are, like you said, happen with that because it's like you can put that in the past but that's still part of your story and I just thank you guys so much for being willing to talk about that even if that's hard because I'm sure it is well it makes makes me think at the same time when you're Thanks. talking about that is you know it, it, it if you get what is considered the traditional marriage where you're you know you're whatever age and you fall in love and you get married and eventually have kids just like you guys you know you no kids yet though you have a chance to talk about that and say what if what how are we going to do this you talk about it and then a baby comes and and then you and you both experience it together and right. if you both come from two totally polar opposites it's difficult but you work through it together but if you come into a situation where there's three kids that are established and like i said earlier thankfully you guys are great kids if there had been some real serious behavioral issues that maybe stem from bad discipline or no discipline. Uh, and the other person comes from a place of I'm a strong disciplinarian mm -hmm. and this is what I say should be done. You know, we had those issues, you know, I, I'm not a strong disciplinarian. I never have been. I'll point out where things are wrong. You guys know that. I mean, I, I I'm not going to jerk a knot in your tail. I haven't ever done that, but <laughs> that's an old term <laughs> but you know christy came from a situation or from a family where there was more discipline and so when you're in that situation it's like how come you didn't do this or why are you telling me this you know and so those have to be worked out like boom right on the spot instead of evolving into that like you do when you have your own child and right. uh, so that's another layer of of I don't want to say problems. It's just another layer of, of life that you deal with at that juncture in your life. How do you see that? No, I agree. I agree. Christy, I want to ask you something. I was just thinking as we were talking, and this is kind of more along the lines of like the parent aspect of y'all's marriage. But, you know, one of the, you know, you think about like just hard times that you kind of forget about, like, I don't necessarily forget, but like the day that my mother passed away is one of those days. It's like, it's hard to believe that I actually experienced it. But one of the, the things that always that stands out to me is the time that, I mean, you guys were both there and, and my mom and, and one of her brief moments of coherence looked at Christy and said, Christy, do you see the pictures of my kids up there? I want you to have that. And that to me has always like, like I'm getting like teary eyed talking about it because it was like, like, I love my mom so much, but it was like, she knew. And I just, I actually just taught a short story in my English class that kind of had a very similar theme to that. And I was able to go back to that anecdote. And I was like, that meant a lot to me that my mother recognized that like, this woman's going to be taking care of my kids for the rest of their lives now. And like, I mean, I know that you and my mom did not see eye to eye on very many things and she made your life not pleasant, but that to me has always been like one of my favorite memories of my mom, because the fact that she was not very coherent, but she was coherent enough that day to recognize you were there, recognize we were there and say like just a small gesture, like 
it wasn't just the pictures that she was giving you, you know, I mean, right. when you think back to that moment, I mean, what, what were some of the emotions you've, I mean, not, there was a lot of emotions that day, but like, I, I feel like that had to have also been pretty meaningful. Oh, for you. oh yeah. I mean, it was very emotional because it, she, she really had come from a, a point of not wanting me to have anything to do with her kids who were living in my house, you know, 100% of the time yeah. to at the end realizing I mean, she, when she handed me the picture, she said, take good care of my, of my, of my kids. And I mean, it was almost like a, like a, a release on her part, uh, you know, maybe just, a, a kind of a letting her guard down, just, you know, like wanting to leave this world and be sort of cleared maybe emotionally of, of some anger. But I, I do feel like that was a, I don't know if you remember that or if you were in the yeah. room, but, uh, but yeah, I still had the pictures. They were the baby pictures of all three yeah. and in like a little trifold, uh, yeah. trifold frame. And yeah, yeah. That's, I don't know. I just has always been one of the, the most, like the sweetest memories because it was one of the last memories I have with my mom. And then that to me was like, wow, there's finally some, I don't know if closure is the right word, but it was, it was, it, it felt like I felt at peace, even at age 14, I felt at peace with that. And I think that whole situation, being able to say bye to her and then that happening made it a lot easier for me to reconcile the fact that she was no longer going to be alive. But, um, you know, I guess, and then as you guys have progressed through on through your, through your marriage, I mean, what are some, what are some of the, the, the favorite moments that you guys have had together? We'll kind of end on kind of a, a positive note Y'all here. Have done some cool things. Yeah. Like I know you guys have gone to Israel together. Um, we'll take their answers. Well, I'm just thinking out loud here, but, <laughs> but I mean, you guys have, you guys have done a lot together. You guys have gone through a lot together. And when you think back to the 20 years, what are some, what are some of the moments that really stand out in terms of like most meaningful or most fun? Now, these were not questions I prepared for. <laughs> I'm thinking, I, I told you, I, I told you, I said, I, I just sometimes come up with them on the spot. So yeah. I can't always predict uh, what I'm going to ask, but this is, uh, this will be fun. Kind of. I, I mean, I, I, because we're talking about the evolution of our marriage and what it was, you know, what the, what the backstory was when we came together and how there were hurdles and, and life's challenges. To me, the most joyful was uh we went and bought a rv kind of on the spot oh, yeah <laughs> that was after my we had died. talked about it yeah we had talked about it but we did it i'd never driven an rv in my life so we bought it and <laughs> took off about this all the time I do. well all the time it, that's where that picture was taken yeah it, oh, it, we, this, we got our video over i can't see i gotta move our video oh. screen oh, oh yeah you. okay yeah cole talks about that trip all that the is time. one of my favorite vacations we, we just, we just kind of planned it and she is a really good planner and we've made some good trips over the years, different reasons, but they're always fun. But that one was particularly good because as you mentioned, you, there, there was some spread in age with you kids, you know, when, when we came together and there's a couple of years between us, uh, but to have all of us together for a trip, really literally under the same roof, you know, it could have been disastrous and, and could have been like, day one the end of day one like we're going to do this for a week and we're already tired of each other but i just i will remember the drive was fun yeah but when we parked in that koa up by the uh, mount rushmore and we, were, we got put in a way back 40 of that place i thought well that's terrible we don't have a plug-in place that's like the rest of them but we woke up that morning made coffee 
put our chairs outside the awning and these wild Mustangs, like a hundred of them go driving around by. And I said, this is the coolest moment that I could ever hope for with all of us together here. Yep. And, and later that same day we drove and see Mount Rushmore. It's like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I've always said that that's one of my favorite vacations. And I keep telling Emily how badly I want to go up to that part of the country with her. Cause we have, we have a restaurant here, Montana grill, which you guys have eaten at. And I'm just like, every time we go there, I'm like, it just makes me want to go back to the big sky country. Cause South Dakota, it was just so different than any other vacation that I've been on. Cause it's not, it's not a beach. It's not like, you know, a super, um, like, I think it's pretty in a, in a nature kind of way. It's not like a destination spot where you think right away that this is where I want to go for vacation. But like, if you're into history, I mean, it's awesome. And I cannot recommend it enough because we drove all the way up and we drove through Sioux Falls, which was a really pretty city, uh, drove across to the Western part of the state, you know, through the Black Hills and South Dakota. And that to me, like, I think that's the last time that we all went on a vacation as a family too. Well, I think we went to Disney that year. So I guess it was around that time but that yeah that before everybody got married yeah yeah because josh was in college or out of college and kelly was going to college and i was going into high school i think or middle school i don't or eighth grade one of the two i can't remember but yeah that that vacation has always stood out to me summer really sounds good but i agree that was that was a lot of fun and i again this is how we are different when i think back about good times. I think more just about the mundane, you know, as a step parent, you usually don't get to be involved in the everyday, uh, because usually, you know, uh, the father gets the kids every other weekend, or there may, maybe it's a 50, 50 custody. But since we had the kids all the time, I really got to be a part of the ball games, the viola lessons, the, you know, visiting Josh in college. And I got show choir competition, show choir. Yes. (laughs) And just, uh, just the PTA and just things that a biological parent gets the pleasure to do. Uh, Some may not say it's a pleasure, but I dealing with other parents. Yeah. To me, it was fun. And, Putting on the birthday parties and yeah. and having the slumber parties that kept us awake all night and I mean yeah. just the just the fun every day that I had a blessing to be a part of and had our circumstances been normal I probably wouldn't have you know that wouldn't have been my role I would really would have been delegated you know down so so just a lot of the little things are are the good memories for me. That's something I think Leslie Holiday said. She said there's beauty in the mundane. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think right. I think that's something that we also cherish is just like the nights where we're just sitting around the couch and Emily's reading a book and I'm just working on the computer or we're just watching a show. I mean, like it's fun to go travel. We love I mean, traveling, that's but what marriage primarily is. Yeah. It's the everyday moments. It's the everyday moments, really. mundane moment when dad's just eating the pizza, watching the Dodgers play game, and Christy's wondering why dad's obsessed with sports still and <laughs> you know that kind of stuff. So. You know, I was reading last night, I bought this new book of different prayers. And the prayer last night I read was thanking God for, you know, always being there for us and that type of thing. But what struck me is it said, you are the God of now. I praise you for being the God of now. And it was just focusing on, of course, we're thankful that you got us through that bad time. Of course, we're thankful Mm -hmm. for the blessings you give us and, and, and the life you've given us and what's to come. But right now, this very minute, I am thankful that it's five o'clock in the morning and I'm sitting here with a warm cup of coffee and the lights are off and my cats are, cats are around me. And this is such a gift. So, so it's not that that is mundane, but it, it is, it really is something just to treasure the now. 
you know. It is interesting to note when you guys are all talking about that, that those kind of moments, like if you're trying to get a kid to sleep, it's colicky, or if you're, you know, have a rush to get to a ball game or these things that are just at the time, they can be stressful. Looking back on them and saying, man, I wish I would have relaxed more and enjoyed yes. that time because yeah. it is priceless and you only get to do it once. I mean, if multiple kids, you can do it more. But I mean, that phase of your life maybe only comes once and each phase has their different challenges. But it's a lesson to younger people to say, don't get lost in all that. That, too, can be a joy. Uh, you know, it just it just get how you how you look at it, how you how you perceive where you are at the time and those two go hand in hand it's like you know you you went through the phase of raising kids and getting them out of the house and now you get to enjoy the times where you don't have any plans or you know you just wake up with your coffee and your cats and you know just those were probably things you were able to do every day when kids were in the house right so I mean I yeah I like both of those answers (laughs) We talked about that recently, too, because um, most people, you get married and you're enjoying yourself. If you just want to lay around on the couch together in your pajamas and watch TV, you can do that. We never had that. You know, very, we never had that um, very shortly, even as we were dating. So it's like now, now is our time. Now is the time where we're not raising kids um, because of COVID. We're really not even attending kids events. So we don't really have any obligations other than what we want to do when we want to do it. And it's just glorious. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it is a true gift. Yeah. that's one, we've, we've been very fortunate or grateful for that too. Just being able to spend more time together. So that kind of goes into, I, I have two questions to end on. And the second one will kind of go back to what we were just talking there. But the first one is I want to know if you were, if a, if a younger couple was to come to you guys and ask for marriage advice, what's one piece of advice that you would want to impart on them in terms of marriage wisdom or just uh, life wisdom? Like what's one thing that you think you would go to? This is kind of a surprise question. I just thought of it now. So what's, uh, I, I can think of some things that dad has told me, but I'm curious, like what would be like your go-to piece of advice for a young couple that was about to get married? Okay. I would say to, uh, to always have an attitude of servitude just like, I mean, that, to model, model everything off of Jesus. And that's what he did. He never once thought, well, what's best for me? You know, he always thought, what is best for the other people? What is best for God's kingdom? And to me, that is the, whenever I do think what is best for him, of course, there's a part of me that's like, well, I, I don't really want to go to that ball game. I don't want to go. I don't want to watch something on golf for two hours, but, but in order to serve him, and I know that's sort of a touchy um, way of saying it these days, but um, it's going to make our marriage and our relationship so much stronger and deeper to do what it is that he wants to do. That's not to to totally deny myself um, because in turn, he's also going to do that. You know, he doesn't necessarily like to go to plays or um, lectures. That's more my thing. I'm not thrilled about USI basketball or <laughs> any sport, period. <laughs> I can relate. But, I, but I'm going to go because it's his joy. And if it brings him joy, it brings me joy. So just yeah. that, that constantly just thinking of, of the other person. And that's hard. That is, it is hard. We're not, we're not 
we're not born that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially in a society now that's all about like, how can I bring myself pleasure and contentment right now and things that I enjoy? And it's, it's very me centered. So I think that is, like you said, it, some people that listen to this might be turned off by that idea. Cause it's like, Oh, I, I want to get what's best for me, but that's not what marriage is supposed to be about. So I think that's, that's great advice. Dad, what about you? Well, I think it was a couple of things, but one is a, a devotional she shared with me. It may have been this morning or one day this week, but you know, as it relies, relates to marriage, everybody comes with their own agenda and that's where problems start to happen. It's like, I had planned to do this and said, well, I planned for us to do this and it can be very different. And uh, what it made me think of as it relates to marriage is that Jesus in the, in the upper room, you know, before he was to be crucified, he knew what was going to happen. He had all knowledge. And so he knew one of them was going to deny him three times. One was going to betray him. And the others were going to scatter and run. And yet his makes me choke up. His response was, I'm going to wash your feet instead of anger. And that's a lesson that we all need in marriage because, you know, somebody said the other day or recently, I think posted on social media said, um, do you help your wife? Do you wash this for her? You help her clean. And his answer was, and it was one of those pat, you know, already made out, but it's like, no, we do for each other what needs to be done or not for each other. We do what needs to be done jointly partners. as partners. And I think that attitude is what it has to take. First of all, if things don't go your way, you still, go go through because you know what's what what you need to do for the benefit of the other like she said you, you, she's going to go to a game or she's going to watch golf on tv for a while as long as she can stomach it and i will be in i will be so much more ready to do for her something or i'll do something for her or something she likes knowing that later today i'm going to be watching a game and she'll have grace because of that, because we're doing for each other. And it's just, you grow into that. You don't immediately have that when you come together. You, we're all just selfish by nature. So yeah. I think that's kind of the long answer to that question. That's a good answer, yeah. though. Yeah. Another quick advice, again, just to re reiterate what I said earlier, is to surround yourself with other couples, especially people who have already been through what you're going through. Yeah. Um, that's that's huge, I think. Well, the one that you mentioned last night, somebody said, what was it, Debbie said, good advice, one of the best advice. You oh, heard. I was at a stepmom support group, and um, several of us are still friends. And uh, as a coincidence that one of those couples lived across the street from us, um, I think it's a God thing. Some people would say coincidence. Either way, it, we acknowledge it as being a very, very good situation. And you and Eric are friends to this day. Oh yeah, um, but it was just huge to to be able to have somebody to to talk to. Um, yeah, and and to surround yourself by people that are for you, not not for you and for your marriage, because yeah. you know, not every, not all of our friends are really. Yeah, yeah, that's a good mm -hmm. point. Yeah, yeah, that 
Eric and I are still best friends. We were just talking on the phone shortly before we talked to you guys. So that's awesome. The, the final question I always love to ask people, and you guys were kind of talking about, you know, how you've gotten to just sort of be together this past year, but you know, my show is called in no hurry. And the idea is just kind of peeling back from busy lives and slowing down a little bit. And this past year has, we've kind of been able to do that, not necessarily by choice, um, but we've been able to do that. And you guys have enjoyed the, the ability to be together and not necessarily have as much going on. What's, what's been the one thing that I'll kind of ask this with a twist, I guess, what's been the one thing you're most grateful about being able to kind of have a, a little bit of a slowed down life the past year? I'd, I'd say that it's really the, the first time in our marriage we have had a, a slowed down pace because we went from kids to kids in college to kids getting married, kids having babies, and it's just never slowed down. Kids to grandkids. Right. No in between. Yeah. And because, you know, my work was closed for seven weeks, dad started working from home. Uh, also, during this time, I had a surgery, so I was off work for another three months. So we have been together. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's good. It, ha it has been good. It, it really has been good. And it's made us think, uh, think about things differently. I mean, we've enjoyed more sit down dinners together and praying before every dinner. And I mean, and honestly, we just we rarely did that. You know, if we had if it was a special occasion or we had people over, we would. But rarely the two of us uh, did we do that. And now it's become the norm. Um, and, but of course we miss not seeing everyone and going to kids' birthday parties and seeing you guys. Um, and that, and we welcome that coming back shortly, but it has, it has sure um, it's allowed us definitely to grow deeper in some studies we're doing because we have time. Um, it's been good. Just, it's been good. Yeah. Well, that is the same answer or different. Well, it's similar. I think, you know, work because we're remote, just like everybody else. I think we found that, hey, this works. I can work remotely and still accomplish the same. In fact, I probably work more hours. Uh, that's not a good thing, but but accomplishing more. But I, I like the idea that I can finish my last appointment or the last bit of work and I leave from one room and walk in to the kitchen and we can have dinner together. It's like that time of driving from work to home or from home to work in the morning is gone. And she probably find this hard to believe, but, you know, I haven't had like USI basketball games or other events uh, to go to, which I always liked. I can see them on TV right here at home, you know, everything's streaming. So I can catch a game. And again, I don't have that travel time going and being gone out of the house. You know, I can get up and walk around and be together. Uh, so you still have, me time a little bit, but yet it isn't totally device dividing, you know, uh, like, like it can be. So, uh, it, it just generally having time together has been a treasure. Uh, I do miss grandkids activities and seeing you guys and not having the time to just visit, uh, face to face, but thankful for zoom to be able to yeah. do those kind of things. Uh, and, Still stay in touch. In vaccine. yeah. <laughs> vaccine. Vaccine. yeah. So yeah. awesome. Any final thoughts from you, Emily? No, I just thank you guys for taking time out of your weekend to to talk to us and we miss you and we love you guys so much and we're oh, so grateful for you. Thank you guys. This was yeah. this was an honor. This was yeah. an thank honor. You. Well, thank you guys. Yeah, thank you for coming on here and thank you for for being 
an example for us as a, as a young married couple to, to look up to and learn from, because, you know, we, we've been in several small groups. Um, we finally are in a small group that we really, really like, and it's, it's a bunch of young married couples and we love learning from them and talking to them, but it's also good to talk to people who have been married a lot longer than us and learn, you know, things that, you know, we, we hope to be, you know, in, in the same situation you guys are in in 20 years or I guess 17 for us, but we're, we're still enjoying life and, and happily married and, and all of that kind of stuff. So your guys' example has been, uh, has been one that, you know, we are very grateful for. So thank you guys for coming on here and sharing your wisdom. Well, thank you. Thank you. Love you guys. Well, I am super grateful for my parents coming on here and sharing their wisdom and sharing their story and just talking about what their marriage has looked like and what has worked and just the different seasons that they have gone through together. I don't know about you guys, but I'm just thrilled with all the different conversations we've been able to have this month about marriage and all the different things that we have learned, both for me and Emily, and I hope that you guys as listeners have learned as well, because we've just been blessed with a number of different stories and a number of different ways that marriage looks. And so I'm just super grateful for that. We have one more couple who will be joining us, and that is Emily's Aunt Allison and her husband, Tommy. And then we'll have a bonus episode with author Jackie Bledsoe, who is the author of the book of the month that I chose for this month, which is The Seven Rings of Marriage. And so we'll be talking to him on Wednesday night on Instagram Live. And so I invite you to join me over there. You can follow me on Instagram at Cole Claiborne. There's a link in the show notes that you can follow to go ahead and follow my page on Instagram. And then you can also give me a follow on Twitter at Cole Claiborne or on Facebook. I'm Cole Douglas Claiborne there. I definitely want to invite you to join in on that conversation on Wednesday night. I'll have a chance that you guys can submit some questions. If you want to go ahead and shoot me a DM on any social media platform, or you can shoot me an email. You can just send that to coleclayborn at gmail.com. If you've got a question for Jackie, hopefully you've had a chance to read along with us. If not, you guys can go ahead and check out the book beforehand. Even if you don't read all of it, read some of it, join in on the conversation. would love for you to be a part of that. If you have enjoyed this marriage series, I would love it if you would take time to go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review with a comment with maybe your favorite conversation so far, favorite bit of knowledge that you've gotten from this, from a certain guest, whatever it is, I would love for you to leave a comment. And that just helps people know that this is a show that they could also enjoy as well. But as always, thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you guys have a great week. I hope you find some time to relax and not be in a hurry. And we will see you back next week.